President Trump has promised to repeal and replace Obamacare with something great. Speaker Paul Ryan has proposed what he calls a better way. And now the Speaker has unveiled the Amer American Health Care Act, which purports to replace the Affordable Care Act enacted under President Obama. Speaker Ryan has been outselling the bill, explaining why it's a better alternative to Obamacare. The, the fatal conceit of Obamacare is that we're just going to make everybody buy our health insurance at the federal government level. Young and healthy people are going to go into the market and pay for the older, sicker people. So the young, healthy person is going to be made to buy health care, and they're going to pay for the person you know, who gets breast cancer in her 40s or who gets heart disease in his 50s. Despite the speaker's efforts, Democrats, perhaps predictably, don't support the bill. But less predictably, less predictably, neither do many Republicans. Nevertheless, the House Ways and Means and Energy and Commerce Committees have already marked up the bill and reported it out to the full House for consideration. With us today to talk about the proposed new health care law is Harry Nelson, a partner at Nelson Hardiman and co-author of a new book on health care law and policy called From Obamacare to Trump Care, Why You Should Care. Harry... Great. You've written this book great, now. Great to be with you. It's good to have you here. Thanks. Harry, you've written a book looking at the history of the healthcare debate in the country and examining different approaches to the healthcare system favored by Democrats and Republicans. And now we have this new Republican healthcare bill that purports to be uh, a, you know, a replacement for Obamacare. Are you surprised by what's in this bill? Well, the, the good news for us, uh, having written the book, was that the uh, GOP plan uh, unveiled earlier this week was not a surprise at all. It aligned very closely to what uh, Speaker Ryan had introduced uh, last summer. And uh, there, until now, there, there's really not been a surprise about what repeal and replace looked like, at least from the standpoint of the administration and uh, Speaker Ryan. Well, tell us a little bit about the important points of the law from an unbiased sure. point of view. Absolutely. And, and I should say our goal in writing this book was to really try and be straight down the middle and be hard-headed at looking at what worked and didn't work under the Affordable Care Act and what's promising and what's uh, difficult uh, uh, about the uh, Republican plan. So the big, the big elements of the Republican plan are uh, repealing the, uh, the tax credits that the Affordable Care Act uh, provided to, uh, to subsidize uh, health insurance in order to have uninsured people buy insurance on health plans. Uh, the, other, the other big part of the repeal is getting rid of not only of the individual mandate to buy insurance for the uninsured, but also the employer mandate for companies over 50 to be required to provide insurance. And then the, the third sort of major uh, change that the, that the Republican plan has is to, beginning in 2019, roll back the Medicaid expansion, which added, depending on how you count, somewhere between 12 and 20 million Americans to Medicaid in uh, 32 states that accepted federal money. And that was for the poorest Americans. So those are sort of the three top-level changes. There's many other small details, but those are the ones that we would encourage people to be paying attention to. During the course of the, um, the debate over the Affordable Care Act over the last several years, the Republicans have said that, you know, deductibles are too high um, and it's the, the marketplaces don't work, the exchanges don't work. Do the changes in this bill, you know, promote solutions to the problems they've pointed out? 
Well, it, it depends how you, who you talk to. The, the, uh, the Republicans were, in, in our estimation, were right. The exchanges were broken, uh, and, and deductibles were going up, certainly in many markets. Um, whether, the, whether the Republican initiatives are actually going to change that remains to be seen. Uh, the, we think that there will be uh, a, a progress on – the good news is there, we think that there will be progress on lowering health, uh, prices that healthcare providers, hospitals, and doctors are charging uh, as more of the responsibility is shifted by this plan to people paying out of pocket. Uh, but the bad news is that the insurance companies are going to be covering a lot less, and uh, it's not clear who's going to foot the bill for some of the expensive care, particularly end-of-life care and chronic care. So we think there will be some progress, but the, the system is going to be uh, still remain broken in, in other ways. A lot of groups have come out against the bill, including AARP, which campaigns for older Americans. How, how serious is this for older Americans if this bill goes through? Well, um, older Americans are uh, over the age of 65 uh, uh, are covered under Medicare for the majority of their services. The seniors who are the most affected by this are, uh, are seniors who are living uh, at or near the poverty line who also qualify for Medicaid, what we call the dual eligibles or Medi-Medi population. Uh, and, and the Republican plan is significantly rolling back uh, funding for, for poorer older Americans. Um, and I think that that's a big source of the uh, the AARP's position. The, the other issue is that even though the GOP plan does not actually limit Medicare spending, uh, it does cut significant taxes that fund Medicare, things like the prescription drug tax and the medical device tax. And I think the longer-term fear is that the Republican, the next stage of the Republican agenda will be tougher cuts into Medicare that will affect all seniors, not just poor seniors. Well, in about 30 seconds, there's also uh, the, the individual mandate you mentioned is gone. Isn't there a provision about penalties for people who don't go without health insurance for some period of time? Yes. Yeah, so, so basically what the Republican plan is doing is shifting the, the, uh, the, agent, the entity with power to penalize people from government, uh, which the Republicans don't like, to insurance companies. And so the, gov- the, so the Republican plan does allow insurance companies to penalize a per- anybody who doesn't uh, continuously maintain coverage by applying a one-year penalty that basic, where, that, where the person who basically allowed insurance to lapse will pay a, a, an additional uh, surcharge uh, for health having let their insurance lapse. We've been speaking about Republican plans to repeal and replace Obamacare. In the United States, health care makes up about 18 percent of GDP, and Speaker Paul Ryan has unveiled the Republican bill to change America's health insurance system. He's been selling the new act as a change from Obamacare, which he says was fatally flawed. The whole idea of Obamacare, the people who are healthy pay for the people who are sick. It's not working, and that's why it's in a death spiral. Ryan's bill has come under attack from some who are concerned it rolls back too much of Obamacare, such as the Medicaid expansion, and others who believe it doesn't go far enough in eliminating Obamacare. We've been talking with Harry Nelson, a partner at Nelson Hardiman. He's the author of From Obamacare to Trump Care, Why You Should Care, which takes a look at American health care law and policy. Harry, in your book, you talk about different approaches that Democrats and Republicans tend to favor with the Democrats... The way you seem to put it in the book is that Democrats favor an insurance approach, whereas Republicans don't really look at this in an insurance lens. What do you mean by that? 
So what we mean by that is that for Republicans, the, the real issue here is about spending and about uh, and, and, and really an issue of tax relief. Uh, Republicans are looking for the market to fix health care, essentially, to bring prices into alignment and to get uh, get people the health care they need and bring costs down. For the Republicans, this is a cost issue. For the Democrats, this is a, uh, a justice and uh, really a compassion issue. You hear Paul Ryan saying, you know, what would ha- what's happening now is that the young are paying for problems that people in, that are older, women with breast cancer have, and the poor are paying for this. You know, they, they, keep, they equate this, the young are paying for the old, but the young eventually will become the old, and then people will be paying for them. So what are they trying to, to do here? They're trying to set the young against yep. the old? It just, it just seems well, like that's, that's the way it works. So you, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? The, the, the Democratic view of how we fix health care is really by making health care like Social Security. We all pay in when we're young. Uh, and because once you the, – the, the studies show that somewhere in your 50s or early 60s, for, for a significant chunk of the population, you start hitting real health issues, even though you, most of us are healthy throughout our 20s, 30s, 40s. Uh, and, and, and that's – so there you have this, this, this change that we all go through. Um, the, the problem – you know, the Republicans hit on a really winning issue – Beginning in 2010, when uh, Scott Brown won Ted Kennedy's seat in the Massachusetts Senate race, by, by talking about personal freedom and the right of people not to be forced to buy insurance. So the, the good news for the Republican was that they hit on a winning issue by complaining that young people were being forced to buy health care. The problem and the challenge for the Republicans is that without those young people coming into the system, it's very hard to stabilize the very expensive costs that come with all of these age-related conditions, whether it's end-of-life care or... Uh, chronic conditions like diabetes. Well, on the other end, Harry, you know, from the right, Ryan's bill is getting attacked as being Obamacare light by some more conservative Republicans. Is that a fair assessment of it? Well, so, yeah, I think there, there is a legitimate issue. I, it, it, from my, in my perspective, the best analogy I can use is it's sort of like the difference between a parent who wants to teach their kid to ride a bike by putting on training wheels and, and running alongside holding the kid on the back versus somebody who just sort of throws the kid into it. The, the Ryan plan includes $100 billion through 2026 for uh, what's called the Patient and State Stability Fund that's going to essentially soft cushion the blow as we transition from all these, these people, this 20 to 30 million. Americans who got care in the last seven years, and as we transition to a Republican plan, the the more purist uh, uh, Republican uh, uh, right conservatives want to see uh, just a straight move to a system that works, and they're less concerned about the pain, that, uh, and they certainly don't like the spending. And the other issue they're very worried about is all the, the how the tax cuts and the uh, uh, um, and, and all the, this this new spending line up, and they're worried about essentially adding to the budget deficit and, and the national debt. Uh, rather than, than shrinking it. Just about 30 seconds here. There has been talk that President Trump might just li- leave it everything as it is and let Obamacare die. What result would that have? Well, that, that could be the worst of all worlds. Uh, uh, certainly for, uh, for everybody, for these 20 to 30 million Americans who either got subsidies that helped them get insurance for the first time uh, and, and had to deal with disease and with uh, all of the people who got Medicaid expansion, de- just allowing it, it to die and be defunded is probably the worst option. Um, you know, what, from our perspective, what, what the Republican plan looks like is a way to try and uh, to repair rather than truly to do away with the system uh, because 
because there could be a voter revolt in 2018 if, uh, if this thing is just allowed to disappear. That's Harry Nelson, a partner at Nelson Hardeman and the author of From Obamacare to Trump Care, Why You Should Care. Thanks for being with us on Bloomberg Law. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to be talking about um, tweets, the president's tweets. Does he have to archive them? Some uh, some ethics ec experts think that he should and that he's required to by federal law. And we're going to be talking that coming up on Bloomberg Law.